0: Okay, great. Oh, um. Okay, sorry, I wasn't ready. I was doing bagel Sunday. Welcome to the Bagel Spot Podcast. Ooh, <laughs> the Bagel Spot Podcast. I would like it. tomorrow's National Bagel Day. Oh well, did, but, Sunday we'll have to celebrate on Sunday. Yeah, it's so, uh, ho- a uh, holiday weekend.
1: Hello, it's a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Great.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, this is the V Spot Podcast, a veganish survival podcast for best friends. mm Hmm. And a bagel podcast sometimes. Because we like bagels. Yeah,
0: bagel podcast for
1: sure. And there's nowhere, and I talk about it time and time again, not enough places make good bagels. I
0: agree. Like,
1: uh, fine, I'll eat a Brugger's bagel, like, if I have to. But, and I make my own. I don't mind
0: Brugger's bagels because they're crunchy. And you know how I feel about the crunch. Yeah. They're a little small.
1: They are small. But I like the crunch. I wish they were bigger. I Mm -hmm. wish we could eat, uh... Oh my god, on Un- on common grounds. Oh, I know it. Me Those it are big too. bagels. But we do have every Sunday. If you are in the capital region, if you're not, I highly recommend coming to the area just for Superior Merchandise Company. It's my favorite coffee place in the whole wide world. Um, and on hello kitten, and on Sundays they do bagel Sundays. So it's it's something to look forward to it's really gotten me through the pandemic Mm -hmm. we did it before even but like especially now it's you know it's been getting me through to have every sunday to look forward to a bagel Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, coffee mm -hmm. even if it's you know if it's nice out you can sit on the porch if not in the winter you sit in your car and eat it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so
0: anyways um yeah moving on from bagels (laughs) I'm like, what are we doing? Is this the intro? Like, what yeah, part we're moving of the day is this? We're moving on from bagels and into pistachios. <gasps> into pistachios. That was really good. Well done. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm proud of you. One food thing to another. Mm-hmm. As mm. Pistachio cream cheese. That would be good. That would be good.
1: Instead of like a honey walnut, mm. you could do like pistachio, yeah, pistachio cream cheese. Mm-hmm. All right. Someone do that. I'll wait here no 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 all right fine
0: all right anyway well um, um
1: pistachios <laughs> moving on to our guest a very important guest oh so
0: exciting who we may fun. or may not
1: have actually spoken to he yeah, may have I been mean, a figment of our imagination i know the ultimate uh we don't know if he is who he says he is we think he is he seems legit yeah or he's a really good copy but i'm pretty sure he is who he is and he was an absolute delight to absolute to. delight so, um, one of my favorites yeah, for sure. So we'll uh we'll
0: just continue on with our bageling and let the let the interview spot happen. Yeah. Interview spot on the bagel spot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And here we go.
0: All right. Uh hello, Pete
1: or Jason or Mr. X <laughs> <laughs> as, we, as we should call you. Uh welcome to Mysterious Corner. Um, I am now, Deborah. That's my alias. All right. Okay. <laughs> we, we thought we thought we would get on your level.
2: Uh, yeah. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay.
0: I uh, I actually have a few alias to choose from. I'm sometimes Kathy. Okay. I'm sometimes yeah. Kit. Mm-hmm. That's. Well, I'll explain that one later. That's a retail related. Uh, a customer called me Kit once when I was being particularly. Combative. Oh, okay. So, so, you you can be
1: Matt. Matt
2: yeah, Matt. <laughs> they're they're too similar. Is the only thing we need to go with something totally different. So oh, they, okay, they, it's got to throw people off. How about okay. Mo- Monique? Let's try that.
1: Oh, okay. Wait. So Deborah's too close to Danny. So you can be Monique. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who am I going to be then? Okay.
2: Um, let's see. Um. Let's go with. uh Let's go with Patricia
1: oh i could be okay. yeah i could be a patricia kind of a patty. i could be patty. yeah patty yeah okay patty i like A's. that so, yeah. Oh. yeah patty vegan <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> all right patty and moni that's,
1: okay yeah that's gonna be also maybe my drag name like if i'm a drag queen <laughs> yeah. patty, yeah. patty vegan yeah. and i'll be your opening act and
0: i'll dance to moni now.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, we gotta go. There's nothing else to do here. Yeah, this was yeah, the best yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, great. Well, now that we've established uh, who we are and, I, and (air quotes) aren't, and, and aren't, or may or may not be, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what? Uh, why don't you tell us who you are, or aren't, or maybe sure, who I may be. Mysterious awesome. guest. So, but, fun. Going to be jokes. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, who I am, but I definitely am not. But go by the name of is Pete Paxton, um, and uh, I know that and I feel so horrible about this, but I, I I know that it was about a year ago that you did a podcast episode where you you mentioned my interview that I did with Abe Lincoln's top hat, and mm-hmm. it took me a year before I I found the episode. And listened to it, and I was listening to an older episode, and I thought, "Oh my god!" Like I didn't, I didn't know. So I reached out. Um, but yeah, so I do investigative work for animal rights groups. Um, um, I've done it for about 19 years. Uh, half my career has been dogs, primarily, uh, you know, a lot of puppy mill work. Um, I've written a book with Gene Stone and Nick Bromley. It's called Rescue Dogs. We discuss the problems with dog breeding and also the solution of adoption it's everything it's a to Z dogs it's 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 it, if someone wants to say like well this is a responsible breeder this is a small breeder we discuss all of the issues of puppy mills we explain the reasons behind commercial animal cruelty through different investigative stories and then we explain how to find a good rescue how to train dogs how to have how to, how to protest a pet stores in there all of it
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, the other half of my career has been factory farming slaughter commercial fishing uh, that kind of thing
1: oh so, all right. You go.
2: How,
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm like, gonna start. Well, it's like <laughs> yeah. I guess my my first question is how did you get started with this? Cause this is just at a base level not easy or fun yeah. necessarily. Um, <laughs> right. and also like you have an alien. So, you know, like that it has to be somewhat kind of scary, I guess, or maybe it was and it's not anymore. But like, how did you get involved with doing this sure
2: um so i my story which uh is i have to do a lot of explaining now when i explain this um but it's it's that i i i kind of have to tell the whole story or people kind of i don't know might get the wrong idea but it's that i originally what i wanted to do the the only thing i was that i ever had any natural talent for was art was, was particularly drawing and so but i always wanted to do something to help the world Right. And so I would, I would make, I, I got, I started getting pretty decent in high school at drawing and painting and I would put meanings in art and no one could ever understand what the fuck I was trying to say. So I thought I am a shitty artist and I'm going to do something else. And so that leads me to the next part where I decided I'm going to be a cop. Um, hmm. And yeah, right. No, I know, I know, but I, yeah, <laughs> well, and, and it's, the reason I decided that is I thought, I want to do something that's the opposite. I want to be, I want to be completely hands-on and I want to try to help people. And, um, obviously in my career that I've had now, I've run, I've discovered a lot of reasons behind corruption in law enforcement. I've dealt with corruption in law enforcement. Um, in fact, I have a a recent story about that on a recent case that I've done where one of my targets turned out to be a cop. Um, but, uh, but anyway, but what I did was I, I started looking at everything that exists in law enforcement and I thought, what is it that I'm actually going to go do that would be useful for the world? And so I looked at all of it, DEA, FBI, all of it, and back then, that's when um, the book Mindhunter came out, and the idea started mm-hmm. to float out there about how you look at a crime, and you profile, create a profile of the killer, right? Like we all, there's a million TV shows about it now, but that was, that was new back then, and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to join the serial killer child abduction unit. Like that's the most Mm -hmm. evil thing I've ever heard of in my life. Right. And I'm just like, I was a teenage kid. I'm like, Oh, that's going to be great. And so what I learned though, is that, you know, there's people lining up outside the door to apply for that job. There's not enough positions available in the unit. And at the same time I was studying serial killers, I was also learning about animal cruelty. And what I learned has been reinforced uh, and verified through my career is that the worst things that I've ever heard or read about serial killers doing to people, similar or identical things happen to animals, but on a mass mm-hmm. scale. Um, and the other thing is that there's very few people that do what I do. Uh, so it's like, you know, I, I've i had friends that have really helped me out in this in this line of work um, who've been, uh, you know, some have been animal cruelty investigators that give me a lot of tips. Some have been friends who have been in a, um, uh, I, I lived in a military town for a long time. So I'd have friends that they're in the military or law enforcement and they'd give me tips and it was, it was useful and it kept me humble. Right. Because I'm, I'm talking to people that they've infiltrated white nationalist groups and they've infiltrated, um, you know, they've had to do surveillance on targets like Al Qaeda. And I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I infiltrate farms, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, but, but, but still, but what, but what I was aware of is that, is that I would listen to their stories and I would listen to their tips. And it was always about this team, right? They go out there with a the team, people mm-hmm. got their back, they got somebody else's back and there's somebody watching them. And it's not like that with what I do. It's just, you, you right. generally just go solo. And so it, it, it further reinforced the idea of just continuing it because there's not a lot of people doing it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Co- I'm still stuck on the you wanted to be a cop thing. Yeah, I understand. No, I really, you
2: know, uh, when it when it, when it comes to that, I, I think I think part of that speaks to my privilege, and, and so the, 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 there's experiences yeah. that I had yeah. and experiences I did not have with law enforcement. Right. Um, yeah, you know, but I mean, you know, there was um, it was just last year I was filming some uh, some uh, greyhound trainers. They're training greyhounds. Um, I was working for a group called Great Two K USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can check out the case at grade2kusa.org. And uh, I filmed these four trainers in three states. Um, uh, it was Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. And the Oklahoma target, um, He's the ex, his name is Jason Martin. He's the ex-chief of police of Kyoto, Oklahoma. And he is the current, uh, or he at least at the time of the investigation, he was a, a sheriff's deputy. Um, yeah in uh, yeah in, in Oklahoma mm-hmm. so um th- you know those ki- those are the kinds of experiences that I've had throughout my career of seeing of, of of and in rescue dogs we we explain like my illegal arrest by a corrupt sheriff and and why it is that law enforcement corruption is so common when it comes to commercial animal abuse
1: or in general in general yeah like they, when, it com- they,
2: when it comes to racism <laughs> and you know when it comes yeah. to- being biased against people that are liberal you know a, a whole lot of things yeah it's um it's a it,
1: isn't it thing. so funny how like that that like, that intersectionalism of like oh corruption is oh, animals people yeah love that anyways moving yeah. on from that um <laughs> so what was it okay so you said like it was you know you're on your own doing these things mm-hmm. were you nervous doing that at first like was it Scary? How did you get like your first few cases? Do do people come to you? I Uh, I have so so, many questions.
2: Oh yeah, no problem. So so what happened was I, you know, um I I decided I wanted to go into uh into work in the animal rights movement. And by then I had started to get an arrest record um doing civil disobedience and and um was really solidifying me going away from law enforcement two animal, two civilian animal cruelty investigations. And so, um, I, I started reaching out to groups and it took two years before I could get hired. I just, you know, I had, I had no background in it and, um, uh, you know, I was young. I didn't, I just, I, I and it, it took a while before I could explain to a PI that had just gotten hired at a group called Last Chance for Animals that, um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of experience working at animal shelters. I had a lot of uh, real world experience doing you know, animal rescue, that kind of thing. And so he just, he, I was, you know, he, he just said, well, look, this is where I'm at. He was in New Jersey. I was nine hours away. And he said, I'm in New Jersey and I'm, I'm tailing some people. I'm, I'm trying to find them and I got to tail them and they're, they're, uh, they're selling sick puppies to people and then they're skipping. They're like running fake pet stores. So I just went out with him and he taught me how to do mobile surveillance and he he just realized I have common sense. I'll follow direction and, and said, all right, you know, like the next thing we're going to do is we got to scope out this target in Arkansas. And that is when, that's when things started to get real. It was, Mm -hmm. it was still kind of fun because I enjoy, I enjoy surveillance. I enjoy problem solving, um, all of that. I enjoy having to think on my feet, you know? Um, and so, um, you know, it it we were looking at this target that is was selling uh, random source dogs and cats to research labs, and some of them were stolen pets. So we're yeah, out, yeah so we're out. And, uh, in fact, they made an HBO documentary about this case called "Dealing Dogs," um, and it was that this guy CeCe Baird. He was the minister of the local Church of Christ. Um, And, uh, and he and his wife were licensed by the USDA to get dogs and cats and they'd sell them to universities for research all over the country. Um, and so we sneak onto his property and we see all these dead dog carcasses, um, in a giant trench behind the property, right? And they're, they're cut open and their organs are spilled out and there's a table sitting there and it's got blood all over it and a bloody knife sitting on it. And, you know, so uh, you know, I think that you have some listeners that may understand this and some that may not, and, and that's okay. Um, but it's that mm-hmm. it's like when I saw that, there was like this, you know, reaction in me of like, there's no fucking way I'm turning away now. Like, I was like, right. I, was, I was locked in. That was, that was, you know, I obviously I, I hated, you know, I hated seeing, you know, dead dogs, but th- there was no other, other place in the world I wanted to be than right. And, um, so we gathered a bunch of evidence and the PI was able to look at it and determine, you know, there's these forms that are crossing state lines for these dogs and that, Mm -hmm. you know, he could look at them and see, okay, they're being, I can tell they're being signed. They're being pre-signed. Nobody's checking all these dogs. So we need someone to go find this evidence. And, uh, he said, you know, someone's going to have to go out there to go get it. And, um, I said, okay, like I'll do it. And then the next thing I know, he's like, all right, so what you got to do is you got to go to Arkansas, you got to get a local license, you got to find a place to live. And I thought, shit, I just agreed to go work undercover, right? And and that is where uh, I I enjoy undercover work. I honestly do. um, But I I have to say that that is where, um, when it comes to undercover work, there is this idea behind it that the animal rights movement gives that it's like this romantic, heroic idea and it mm. is not that it is um that it, it is it, it is difficult it is difficult work um you you suffer uh, that is where i learned what is a, it's called moral injury through action or inaction you do something that's unethical to you i had to learn to kind of you know drop my morality and adopt this separate this this set of ethics of of this is what is right and this is what is wrong and this is how the ends justify the means. I'll, I'll never lie to the prosecutor. I will never lie to the group I work for, but I will lie to everyone else on earth to get this job done. And I'm going to go, mm-hmm. I'm going to go eat vegan food in my trailer, but I am going to go to work and eat animals. And I, I love, you know, my, uh I love my parents' dog, but I'm going to go do some, some things that are, you know, terrible to dogs at work. And it was, um, I, I think that I ended up in a unique position on that case, because if you see the documentary, what you can see is that there was law enforcement corruption, lo- local law enforcement, uh, couldn't be trusted. Um, um, and there, and there was government corruption. The USDA um did an inspection while I was there and didn't see dogs that were dying and that were sick and that kind of thing. Um, And it was just some of the worst abuse that you can imagine, but to dogs. And Mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of vegans say don't put one animal over another, you know, that kind of thing. But fuck it, I love dogs. I'm really all about dogs. And Mm -hmm. and and so seeing that, you know, that was tough. Um, And then it was that the the eventually what happened, you know, was that I got the evidence that I needed. Um, kind of, kind of a funny story about how the case ended, but I, I got the, I got the, the, the info that I needed. And once the case was done, um, this is a good spoiler for if you haven't seen the documentary, the, the U.S. Attorney's office went in, rescued the dogs and cats, took them, went to Little Rock, Arkansas, three hours south, and said, "We're taking this park, and this is now under federal jurisdiction, and these dogs are now under armed guard." And they went to rescues all over the country, and
1: Aww. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And so you like, how the hell could I turn away from this kind of work after that? Like that was it. That was yeah, I was set.
1: What a good like in yeah, you know, and like it's and it's not wrong to have like your spirit animal. Like I'm yeah. I'm a cat person. Yeah. yeah, we're both we're both cat people, and that's like. All animals
0: we're like, like those kind
1: of cat people. Oh yeah. So that we're
0: all clear.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have seven cats. One of them's on my lap right now. <laughs> um, but like, so like I I get that. And I think cat does too. Like, we won't we we're vegan, hello? We don't want any animals to die at all. But like, if I saw a cat, it would yeah. it would have this personal fire within me that's just different. And it could be a pig, it could be an elephant. It just okay, yeah. it, you know, everyone has their particular animal though that's like their special yeah. super special connection yeah. i'm
0: just yeah. gonna say Danny and i both spent some time working at an animal sanctuary and, and i would say that pigs are up there as well for us yeah like, oh yeah it's fantastic
1: yeah yep i'm also a was. bird person turkey oh, yeah, turkeys and yeah turkeys and chickens really like me it's very nice i like them too chickens have and,
2: so much personality yeah um
1: they really do.
2: I, I was working, I've worked at a, uh, some egg farms and one of the egg farms I was at, I was down below in the manure pit and I was showing how many, uh, what the size of the flock was, you know, that was down there in the pit, right? And it was, these, it was about 30 birds. And so I'm, what well, I, I turned a flashlight on and then I'm following them real slow to film with my covert camera. And you see in the footage, this flock of these birds moving away towards this pile of, uh, uh, of like, like, to go, you know, behind a pile of manure. And then mm-hmm. you see these two birds off to the side by the wall and it's these two hens and they're just like sitting there and they're clearly asleep. Their heads are down, their eyes are closed. And this one hen stops and she turns and she looks at me and she looks at them and she looks back at me. And then she just jets into them, knocks into them, wakes them up. And when they see me, they just freak out and take off. Right. <gasps> it's like she, she thought to herself, he's a threat and I'm going to risk it. I'm going to save them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're very smart. I'm particular too. Turkeys really like listening to music, mm-hmm. so I used to go in with um our adopted, uh, turkey, if you will, uh, at the sanctuary, Michael, and I used to play music for her all the time. She liked Broadway tunes.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I can remember playing Hamilton for the turkeys. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, they like and they start to like little dance and stuff like that. So that's so
2: great. Oh, wonderful. See?
1: See, that's the little upsides of the stories we'll pepper in there. So <laughs> that's right. We're not total that's downers. right. <laughs> yeah. Um so how how do you how do you separate yeah. like what you do versus like who you are? Yeah,
0: like I mean, all you know, like decided, does the alias thing help with that? Yeah. It, it,
1: it Yeah, it it really
2: does. Um so, uh, th- I think, I think that for, for every investigator, it may be different. Um, for me, it's been, it's been, you know, almost 20 years, been over 19 years now that I've, that I've done this. And so I think that for me, it's just, it's part of why I brought up, you know, that I originally wanted to go into law enforcement right now. I had a certain idea about what that was, but the idea was that I love problem solving. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I also am an adrenaline junkie and mm-hmm. and i love um i love a challenge and so you know it's it, it's it's hard to say that animal cruelty investigations are fun but the reality is that, that there's a lot of times when i'm working and i enjoy it i enjoy if it's that you know i have to um, i have to talk my way in somewhere someone wants to sweat me down and i gotta get past it I love Mm -hmm. it. It's just fun. You know, if I, if I have to, if I'm at an observation point and I got to watch a target and it's just, you know, the shit's going down and just stay still and get it, you know, I, I just really enjoy that. Uh, it's, that's what makes me, I'm that's what I'm really living in the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that honestly, that's what it is for me is that I enjoy the work. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: that's actually fair. And it makes sense. Because it's, it's work again, like it's, you know, it's who you are, but it's not who you are. It's what you do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The undercover thing is, is what really threw it for a loop. Um, The undercover thing made it very difficult. I, I, now I can say, because I've, I've matured somewhat, I still have the sense of humor of a 10 year old, but my, I've somewhat matured, but it's that my, um, now I can look at it and you know, I can. I can. I, it's easier for me to separate it, but I have to remember that you know, uh, when I first, when I first started doing the work, um, I was in my early twenties. I was barely, you know, barely in my twenties, and um, it was. It kind of consumed me to a degree that I didn't know how to handle that. And I think there's now there's a better understanding of what that is and why that is uh, for animal cruelty investigators in the movement. Mm-hmm. But I didn't understand that then. And so I, um, uh, you know, what I did was I just redefined what was important for me. And it, it mm-hmm. was this bandaid that lasted for a few years and then things got rough. Um, you know, uh, but I've, I've since learned, you know, useful tools to be able to kind of to be able to kind of handle it you know, and I take time off between cases when I need to. So, um, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That all checks out. Yeah. It checks it out. Sounds like a, it's like, it's, it's so funny though. Cause it's like listening and it's so fascinating and my, and my brain understands and is like yeah that makes sense that checks out but i also don't understand like to the point of like we're like i couldn't i don't think i could do what you do no. like that kind of not understanding where i'm like i'm just so like in awe of what you do oh, well, that's well, like i appreciate it but no it's just
2: me it's just me you know <laughs> I, there's <laughs> you know there's i mean i i can't um i can't do what uh, you know what other activists do. And and I, I say that a lot and I think that some people uh, there's a lot of people that they accuse me of being humble. And to all your listeners out there, please understand it's it's not me being humble. I am I will brag all day about being an investigator. I love it. It's my job. I'm a professional and like all the you know but 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 listen I, I if I had to be a campaigner, oh fuck that. No, I would I would I'd lose my mind. If I had I mean if I had to like uh you know, um, if, if I had to go into like, you know, corporate relations, I mean, I would want to just like, you know, punch somebody over the table. I just, like I, I <laughs> but I can keep my cool when I'm undercover. It's just, it's, I,
1: I, I found what suits my personality. Yeah. So when you, do you always go by an alias? Like always, like when you go out to eat, do you, do you use your real person name? Yeah, I know I, name? I go
2: by an alias, but I say it like this. I just say, I'm Pete.
1: And then, no, no, I, I, I use my,
2: I, I use my real person name, but, um, uh, but so the, the, the vast majority of my friends, they don't know what I do. Some of them do. That was my next question was,
0: does anyone know what
2: you do? No, most of them, they have, they have no idea, um, um,
0: what, what do they think
2: well, you do? I, 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 I will just tell people that I, I'm an investigator and, and I don't talk about it. That's it. Uh,
0: wow.
1: That, that's so funny. You just ghost for a few months at a time on your friends and you're like, Pete's going away. Who? What? No, I mean, nothing. Bye.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, there, there is. In, in fact, I have some friends in a, uh, uh, in a Facebook group and they created a poll, um saying like what do you think pete does for a living and it was all of these <laughs> things like that i'm like a a, a bovine ejaculate catcher and that i'm like <laughs> but but certainly there were things like yeah, he's a drug lord he's a professional assassin like those are the top things that people were guessing you know
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that's kind of cool though because you could totally make up stories like ooh, i wonder what he does like ooh. oh yeah and i just yeah. i just
2: downplay it i'm just like my job's boring i just can't talk Which it was when I lived in, I lived in a military town for a long time and it was super easy there. Um, Mm. I enjoyed that because nobody talked about what they did, you know? Right. Um, But yeah, around, you know, around other people, it's, uh, in fact, I lived in LA for a bit and I, then I just lied. I had to lie my ass off because if you, if you're in LA and you tell somebody, I don't talk about it. They're like, Ooh, what is it? Can I write a script about it? Do you want (laughs) to consult? Shut up.
1: Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's really funny. Cause yeah, I was picturing like, I'm wondering if you go out to eat, are you like, I don't know, like two phase, you like Harvey Dent or are you, yeah. What name do you... Bruce Wayne. Yeah. No, in, 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 <laughs> fact, in, in fact,
2: I, uh, I learned how to just kind of be chill about it through, uh, there's an investigator named Bob Baker. Um, and so he's out in Missouri, uh, and he fights, Puppy mills and puppy mill legislation that's that's his or he promotes legislation against puppy mills um, and so uh in fact, it's the Missouri Alliance for animal legislation mall and and Bob, when I met him, that was like back in 03 and most of the investigators that I've encountered I, I've met some amazing wonderful investigators I've had investigators that have are brand new to this, and they've taught me stuff because they're just so smart and they're so amazing at it uh, but I've met a lot where it's like you know, they have, no, they have no experience in investigations. They haven't encountered anyone else in the movement. And so they respond to it by being super, super, super secretive, right? It's like a Batman mm-hmm. thing. It's like just chill out. And, and Bob, uh, he really changed how I viewed things because he was so open. He would tell me everything he did. He would tell me how he did it. Um, he would tell his friends what he did. And he was just so chill that it, it really, you know, I, I'm, I'm, not,
1: I'm not living like a secret agent. It's not like that. <laughs> you know not at all that's what he says he puts on his glasses and he's like yeah i'm I'm clark kent now yeah sure oh man so how i guess my next question then because you said you had some cases you wanted to talk about like more recent ones like factory farming how did you make that like transition and talk about those cases ready to go yeah um so now when, when
2: we uh, transition into factory farming is that what you said
1: yeah yeah Not like sure. how did you go from like dog you know focused oh, to right. moving into factory farming and then uh yeah just tell sure. us about something oh cases. absolutely
2: so okay so it was like oh one up through up through oh up through now i've been doing uh dog work uh primarily plumbing mm-hmm. work um and I was at some, pup as the time of this recording, I was at some puppy mills last month. And um, there was, uh, uh, it, it was, it, I did that for several years up until 06 and what, and and factory farming and slaughter was a big thing. Um, it's always been a big thing. But the reason I stayed focused on dogs is, and I I, I know that you're going to have listeners that are going to like write you hate mail for me saying this, but um the reason okay, I stayed- Okay,
1: bring it on. The,
2: the reason I, I focused on dogs is that, there, even though there was only a handful of us in the country, everybody else was doing factory farms and slaughter. And, and there were some people doing dog stuff, but there was no one dedicated to it. Like, like there was for factory farm slaughter. I just kept doing dogs because I didn't, I honestly didn't know who else was dedicated to doing dogs. Right. And so most of my work has been for the companion animal protection society. And it's that, you know, it was, it was just this, this amazing thing that they do where, you know, I would like, you could go online, you can see my reports, you can see my footage. I go to pet stores. Like um, I've been to like New York as an example. I've been to every pet store that's in, it's in the five boroughs and it's out on Long Island. And then I would undercover, I would record their lies about where their dogs mm-hmm. come from. Then I would go document those actual puppies. And then cats would put it together, make a video, put that online and just, i love it it just seems like such a great way to uh to have thorough documentation
1: um mm. of
2: something and they're the only ones that do it um there's other groups that do amazing investigative work hsus uh does they're a client of mine they do amazing investigative work um i just you know i just like uh uh i just like this this focus of, of how thorough caps is and so uh but by the time 06 rolled around uh bob baker You know, um, he, he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, I, at the time he was working for the uh, Humane Farming Association. And he said, listen, I got this whistleblower at this hog farm. We need someone to go do a UC job, an undercover job. And, you know, I know you, I know you've done stuff for cats and what do you say? And it was literally, it was just kind of like, huh, hog farm. Sounds different. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I decided to go for it. In that case, is uh, they made a documentary about that case. It's called Death on a Factory Farm. And that one is interesting because it sh- half of the documentary shows the, uh, what the cruelty case was and this amazing whistleblower um, who brought it to light. Uh, and then the other half shows what happened in court. Half of that doc is a court scene. And it is, it is uh, half the courtroom where people from the local community And then the other half were activists from out of town and people with HBO who made the doc. Right. And it was just, and, and then the judge who's a hog farmer, Right. Um, and it was a pretty corrupt trial. Um, and local law enforcement was completely against us. Uh, um, but it was, it was interesting to see. And if you, if you haven't seen that doc, one of the things that you'll get to see is that when I was going to be in it, uh, where I was going to go to court, um, Uh, They said, listen, we know that you're in cap and shades when you do these documentaries. You cannot go on the stand in cap and shades. You will piss off the judge. Um, And I was like, I have to do something to change my appearance. And so HBO said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We got this. We found a local makeup person out here in Ohio. But listen, she's great. She comes highly recommended. She's going to like put a a mustache and beard because I had shaved my mustache and beard. She's like, we're going to put one on you. You won't even look like you. I feel so terrible for this makeup artist because she was rushed. She Mm -hmm. had to just run out there and do it. And basically it looks like I'm doing a bad impression of a magician. I mean, it is horrible. (laughs) It's like, you know, this dark black, super clean cut goatee thing. And oh man, it's every time, every, I've, I've had so many friends like, like take screenshots of it and send it to me and be like, ha ha ha. (laughs) But but you'll you'll get to see that, you know? Um, And, and then after that, it was, that was also one of those things where it was like, you know, uh, the cruelty, the cruelty was the cruelty that occurred. uh, Obviously it was horrific. We all know that by now, right? Mm -hmm. That there's horrific cruelty on, on these farms. But another thing that happened was that there was a, there was a type of cruelty that was occurring that was extremely difficult to explain why it happened and I kept running into that every case where I would do where I would work undercover is that I would find cruelty and it was and I could I could write about it in my notes I could say the person did this they used this much force and this is what happened and it, it lasted for this long. But then someone wants to know why the fuck would you do that? that? That makes it harder to work, that obviously they're going to get caught. Like, what is the purpose behind this? And I've had a lot of cops ask me that. And the answer I learned to give that would shut them up is I would say, how many times have you had somebody do something for reasons that they can't even explain to themselves? And that always worked, right? Is that cops are constantly catching people and like, you know, you, you beat the shit out of your kids. I just arrested you for that last week. Why did you do it again in public? Right? Like there's, Mm -hmm. what is possibly the explanation? But, but um, uh, what it, it, it made me want to, I wanted to keep doing more of it because I couldn't believe what I saw, but also I wanted to, I wanted to dig in. Right. I wanted like, Mm -hmm. I've been able to, to establish, uh, uh, to, to see like some patterns and to realize the five things I, I, I have a list of what I call the five things that make uh, cruelty to animals in a commercial environment predictable and rescue dogs. We break them down into individual stories. You can understand them. Uh, But I also Mm -hmm. just have like a, you know, I can, I can just explain them and it kind of lines it up. If, if that, if you think it's useful to your listeners. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, So uh, uh, the first thing is just, I can, I can be brief, but the first thing is just the stress of the work environment. And most of us understand
0: that. Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if you've never done, if you've never done farm labor, I'd have to say that you just have to understand that it is, this is labor that it is. It is so difficult and it is so intense that, um, uh, especially if you you know you work, generally it's twelve hours a day, six days a week, and then you then for most people you have to go home. You got to take care of your kids. For me, it's that I got to go got to go to the hotel and I got to do notes. Right. So you're catching just a few hours of sleep a night, and then you go back, and then and then for a lot and then many of these jobs you don't have time to eat right? You're eating while you work. Um, and Mm -hmm. food deprivation, sleep deprivation are two of the most common interrogation techniques because they break down the will and that makes you more susceptible to suggestion. So just kick the cow, right? She won't get up. She knows she's supposed to get up. Just kick the damn cow. You kick the cow, right? Or just that dog knows that you're going to pull her out of the cage and put her in a whelping barn. She's done this before. Smack her, just fucking smack her and grab her. You do it because you're just stressed and you don't know what to do. Otherwise, good people will do things that are seem unexplainably terrible. But it's consistent. Mm-hmm. We always see it, and that is why we're now at a point where we gotta we gotta stop. Uh, uh, we we have to kind of figure out how to put the shift the blame from the workers and have more culpability culpability on uh, the system itself, right? But the next things are uh, if felony and immigration status. If you have, a re- you have a felony record, or if, or if you're an undocumented worker, you do not say anything to lose that job, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to get kicked across the border. You don't want to be a felon and a rat, right? Um, mm-hmm. Law enforcement corruption is a big one. Local law enforcement is engaged in or knows people that are engaged in the industry that you're in. And it doesn't matter that they wear a badge. Uh, as we all know by now, there's a lot of racism in law enforcement. There's also just a lot of bias against anything that's not a part of their culture in general. Right, so if you threaten that culture, they go against you. There's government corruption, and that's particularly the USDA. It's the same reason, right? Is that they have to create the regulations and the standards for the industry that you're in, but they also have to ensure the health of that industry, right? So whether mm-hmm. it's the State Department of Ag or the USDA, they have to pick one. Do I regulate you, or do I sweep it all under the rug so that the industry stays healthy? Fuck it, I'm going for keeping the industry healthy. And the fifth thing, it is, it is, it's when you take those first four things and you put them together and it creates what I call a culture of cruelty. And that is where everyone in the community is so used to this criminal activity that to them, it's not criminal. It doesn't matter that it's on the code as criminal. It shouldn't be. And it's an offensive idea that you would think these animals should be afforded the kind of rights that you expect people that might otherwise be good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's basically it. Yikes.
1: <laughs> and it's funny. Andy texted cause he likes to text us instead of talking. Nice. Um. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's funny how all the problems and like situation stuff dovetail together. Like they all kind of. Yep you know
2: yeah it's it's so and that is and and i I, i'll get back i apologize i kind of deviated from your original question but that's okay but that point about about like i i those five points i wanted to put those together i wanted to put them in rescue dogs i love to discuss them because what kept happening to me when i would work a cruelty case is i would see people ask things like why that was i'm sorry not like that was the specific thing everyone asked, is that activists who've done this for years, they've been on campaigns, they understand the issues, and then the next case comes out and then they'll talk to me and they'll say, why did people do this? And I want to eliminate the why. I want people to understand exactly why. I mean, and hey, we're, I think that kind of applies to all things, right, is that we're in a time now of extreme political division. Uh, moral division. We have binary thinking, right? You, you're either a vegan or you're a bad person. You either support Trump or you're a terrible person. You're either a Republican or you have to be a socialist, right? And it's like holy mm-hmm. shit. Wait, Where would you get this? From? Right? And mm-hmm. and and you know, it, it that is something where we have to. Obviously, I don't mean I don't agree with people that support Trump, but I want to know why. I want to understand exactly what the reason is. And many of us, we just still don't.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, um, we have conversations like this all the time. Cause I'm the same way. And I'm, I'm like that in every aspect of my life. Like I need to understand why you think the things that you do and how you got to the place where you are. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to, I have this like deep, deep need to understand it because in so many cases, it's also crazy and it's also intense and overwhelming that I can't just accept that that's just what you think. I need to know how you got
1: there. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I need to.
1: And you try to like walk in, like we always say, like you try to walk in the other person's shoes almost like you're like, I want to understand, like I want to understand your side. Like, and and, and that
2: is a, um, I think that that is like the first step towards trying to figure out how we can solve problems with systemic animal cruelty and a lot of other problems and we're all seeing how many people are opposed to that right um i know that you recently mentioned on a, on i believe it was your your episode before this yeah you mentioned that um uh woodstock animal sanctuary had made Mm -hmm. a public statement against white nationalism and there Mm -hmm. was backlash from the animal rights community right and all that they're doing is that they are, I mean, well, first of all, they're just trying to make a statement against white nationalism. So holy shit, right? Like like uh, yeah, having to defend that is, is insane. But, but I, I you know, secondly, it's thats is it it is implied that what activists need to do is they need to understand white nationalism. They need to wrap their head around it. What is white right. nationalism? What role do we play in it? And what role does the animal rights movement play in trying to fight it? And that the response was, you know, fuck you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I, I, random question too. I Well, not random. It's bouncing off of that. Have you personally gotten backlash? Because like, I know that we've gotten backlash for like things when I early on said that I don't like butterflies and I, like <laughs> my sense of humor is to say that I wanted to kill butterflies. And really mad about yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, sure. Um, they was, yeah, yeah, unsubscribe, as they said. Um, but, like, have you gotten actual backlash? Because, like, yeah, you do good work, but there are the evangelical people out there, the vegans specifically, mm-hmm. who are, like, if you even, like, yeah, you're doing good work, but, like, you eat meat. So, like, oh, no, yeah, not a vegan. Oh, very, like, very you- much so.
2: Yeah which, yeah, which first of all, the butterfly thing is hilarious. I love. I again, I have my my sense of humor is very stunted. I love when I'm talking to vegans to be like. Yeah, there's more than one way to skin this cat. We can kill two birds at <laughs> once. I, I just cannot stop myself. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, but, but and, and only because the response is what is funny. Right, <laughs> right. Because yeah, right. exactly.
1: people get so mad about it and you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Um, and, and every investigator that I know
2: makes those same kind of jokes. We, we all have uh, the gallows humor. And I think that a lot of people, I think that you may have the mm-hmm. same thing, right? It's, that's how you deal with with dark shit. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yes.
1: True. That is, I make people uncomfortable all the time with with jokes and stuff, because that's how I deal with some of my darkest shit. Like personally and big world wise. It's like I say, if I'm not laughing, I'm crying. So I'd rather be laughing. I, I I
2: with with a joke that I absolutely will not repeat. I actually last year made someone actually cry with a joke. Like break down crying screaming at me for making a joke. So I've got to Got to keep that in check. But yes, that that answers that question that, yes, I have made vegans very angry with some of the stuff I said and done. But now, as far as there have been um, uh, uh, animal activists that have been angry, they don't like undercover investigations in general because their argument is it's immoral to engage in that behavior, and I concede the point. Yes, it is. is. Um, So, hey, you you got the – you got the moral high ground on that, but, um, let me know, let me know what that does, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, there are, there are also many activists that have, um, the other thing that I've dealt with is that in in this line of work, um, you know, there's, you know, you find yourself in some tough situations where, um, you know, you have to make snap decisions about, what you do in the field when there's animals Mm -hmm. that are dying and you have to euthanize an animal or, you know, you're responsible, you're responsible for euthanizing the animal you're ordered to. And, um, it's not always, it's not always the easiest thing to do. It's not always the easiest thing to do, um, you know, mentally, but also, um, it's not like you're walking around with, you know, a kit that has the most humane method of euthanasia with you. Right. You, it's, going to, it may be, it's going to be legal, but it's, you have to do what you have to do. And when I've had some activists discover that has happened on some cases, I have had people never to my face, but always online, I've had people flip out. Um, the, the other thing, and, and nobody ever, nobody's ever known that it's me, but under aliases, I have been on social media, and I have defended um, anti-racist efforts, and I have mm-hmm. condemned people, um, trying to troll, uh, family and friends of hunters that are killed in accidents or trying to, or trying to, uh, uh, you know, say like trying to glorify the deaths mm-hmm. of animal abusers. I have condemned them. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, man, there's a lot of vegans angry when you do that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to upset the vegans if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like ridiculously easy, yeah, yeah. And you know, I just so here's here's (laughs) the upper here's the upper again. So you just said under other aliases, um, you 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 know take on these internet trolls because everyone is you know the big boy on the internet not you but like everyone can bully everyone else on the internet so of course they're not afraid so your multiple aliases reminded me of a thing that we're doing so on new year's eve Mm -hmm. we decided we were going to watch bad movies um because it was a bad year 2020 sucked and so and you can't (laughs) go out and you can't do anything so like we're going to stay inside in our little pod and we're going to watch bad movies because it was a bad year why 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 what happened (laughs) what? <laughs> yeah you know I, I was gonna say i don't know i don't know Yeah, I, like i don't know it's just a couple of things i chipped a nail it was like oh, wow. ear. that sucks yeah. i get it uh, yeah. we, we went on
2: vacation a few times
0: and it was really rainy yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah people were to worst. wear these masks it was like uh, so strange that's it like yeah come
2: on jesus telling you to wear masks like just hidden in freedoms i get it okay yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> there he is. Um, but so we did that, and then we're like, man, there's so many bad movies that we want to watch. So we continued it. And just on Monday, we oh watched a God. bad movie. Now you know where I'm going. Kat, if she, Kat was wondering what the connection is. I know. I was like, where's the On Monday, we watched the, uh, what was it, 2002? Yes, 2002, Dana Carvey, classic, Master of Disguise. Have you seen that movie? Oh, it has been forever. Yeah. Well, that's you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, you're the, nice. You're well, the, that's yeah. flattering. Okay, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Your, yeah, your,
1: your next alias is Pistachio Disguisey. Oh, because-
2: okay. All right. I think yeah. I could make that work.
1: Yes. Yeah, and yeah, And then it actually works, like, animal Am I not toodly enough for the turtle. Ah, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he stole that
2: idea from me. That was. Yeah,
1: it. see? 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 Yeah,
2: I was going to go over the who this- whole undercover turtle thing. Maybe that's his then- real
1: name. Maybe it is. Maybe Pete's real name is Pistachio. It
2: was. It was. I had to change it. Got too hot because of that. Name. And Dana
0: Carvey it has was- this whole side life. Oh. That nobody has any idea because Dana Carvey's super famous. So, like, Yeah. He's really good at disguise, as we all now know. Are
1: you Dana Carvey? (laughs) Uh, I mean. Ashton, are we being punked? (laughs) Uh, We did say we had no way to prove that it was you. I know. Literally before this, we're like, wait a second. So it's an alias within an alias. And I'm like, what if it's just some guy? Yeah, I I wonder
2: (laughs) if someone's going to try to do that to me at some point and just talk a whole lot of shit, you know? Um, Yeah yeah i it's possible i mean it's I mean, yeah
0: you seem pretty
1: cool so if you're just some guy if like
0: good for you really good storyteller we would have no idea yeah
2: i don't know <laughs> 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 well i think so yeah if, if anyone hears any other interviews i do they can put the voice together that'll that'll work
1: yeah we did yeah,
2: okay. yeah. there
1: you go okay. but- <laughs> That's true. Bacon. Or that,
2: or that. You can know, just hold hold a picture of me in a cana cap and she or hold a picture of me in the magician costume from, <laughs> from Death on a Factory Farm up to Dana Carvey and being like, Ah, I get it now. <laughs> Not so clever, <laughs> <laughs> Pete. <laughs> uh,
1: I highly recommend you watch that movie too. It is a whopping one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> so-
2: uh, fantastic. Yeah,
0: we enjoyed every moment of it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You, you know what movie I've heard catch flack, but I will I will defend and and I know some people like they got problems with it might piss them off. But my my favorite movie because I'm a dog lover, my favorite dog movie is John Wick. That's my movie. That's my
0: go-to. Andy
1: yeah, Andy's freaking out. He's like, <laughs> oh, really? he's like a mime over there because he loves John Wick. He's freaking out.
0: I love John Wick. Yeah. Heck
2: yeah. Yeah, I, I understand that that now, if I understand correctly, they are, I think, the rumor is that they're filming John Wick 4 and 5 at the same time.
0: I hope so. I hope that's true. Yeah. I've never seen John Wick.
2: Oh, you don't, oh, yeah. you gotta see it. Do you know what he does in that movie? He shoots people, yeah. he shoots everybody, and he punches all of them <laughs> at the same time. He knocks them through windows, he knocks them through cars, he like throws them into walls.
1: It's amazing.
0: It's at his
1: best. Oh okay. <laughs> best. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I can get behind this.
0: Break the silence.
1: I can see it in his eyes. He is. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's great no, because Andy's told me about this before because he calls it headshot the movie. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. And is I mean it's this is not much of a spoiler. It's that somebody kills his dog and so he kills them he kills everybody they work for he kills everybody that they've ever met and he kills everybody they might have met that's the plot of the movie and the next two movies
0: yes i don't know if i've seen the third one i've certainly seen the first two I remember when the third one came out. I don't know if I ever actually saw it though. But the first two, every time they're on cable, I'm like John Wickson.
2: Yeah, the the, the the third one, you know, that's that's kind of tough because I know that there's there's horses in a scene, and then oh. um and then you got Holly Berry has her two dogs that fight. Um, mm. but the thing that's the, the two things that are cool in it is that. Uh, he uh, Keanu Reeves still has his pit bull that he rescues from the first movie, right? And that that pit bull attacks nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Just sit, cool. literally just w- follows him and then sits on a couch to be pet. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, and the other cool thing is that he kills a
0: lot of people in that
2: movie. <laughs> <laughs> so many people.
0: Well, I will actually have you know that um, John Wick has an 86% on Robin It
2: should. <laughs> <laughs> it should
0: <laughs>
1: yeah oh see that was a movie corner and now i have now i feel like i have to like i have to watch john wick yeah, no, i was andy had wanted me to he's like yeah i mean it's fun like because yeah. it's not my normal type yeah, of movie no, i'd either. like but like yeah
0: I, yeah yeah no it's good though
1: so that's yeah good. no you'll it's 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 fantastic and I mean to be fair, if anyone hurt any one of my cats or killed them, I would go ballistic too. Like I would kill every I would find Oh a way yeah. To. What is the what is the, what
2: is the movie that's like a spin-off of John Wick that's about that? It's about someone kid it's the comedy about kidnapping. Oh it, the movie is called Keanu. Oh yeah. It, yeah, it's Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key. Ah.
1: Yep. Andy Andy almost just broke there because he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Andy's really
0: suffering on this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: Sorry, Andy. But I, I feel you, man. Greatest movies yeah. ever. So
1: what else What else did you want to oh, tell us? Oh, okay. No. I, I, got,
2: I got something no. I got to tell you. Right? This one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell okay. us. So I, listeners, I promise I'm not just going to drag you through an animal cruelty case, but I got to tell you about this case that I worked uh, at the beginning of 2020 because it's a very important, timely case. So there's this, um, there is this client, this new client that I have called Seed. Strategies for Ethical and Environmental Development. You can go to seedundercoverinvestigations.com and you'll see this case. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, they're out of Brazil and they're the U.S. The U.S. end is run by Kaylin LaBarge. Um, she's this badass that's, that's handling things over here. And um, um, what I was hired to do was to go work undercover at a livestock auction uh, in Texas in Erath County called Erath County Dairy Sales. The deal is they take cows that are spent dairy cows, right? They've lived at three to five years. They're not producing enough milk. And uh, they get sold to this auction. People buy them up and they go everywhere. They go to like JBS in Tullus in Arizona. They go to Cavendish Beef Packers in Northern Texas. They go everywhere, right? They go to FPL Foods in Georgia. And they also go to like a slaughterhouse right next door to it that's owned by the same family. So, what would happen is, I promise I'm not going to go into like horrific detail, but there certainly was abuse because there were downers. But one of the things is you'd have cows that show up DOA. And then you'd have cows that they walk in and they start mixing with all the other cows, right? Mixing and, with, and going into pens and into all the different pens, and mixing with them. But like they'd show up, they could barely step off the trailer. And then for unknown reasons, they start frothing at the mouth, shaking, fall over, and die right and mm-hmm. so you have a program to figure out what's going on with that it's called the animal disease traceability program the adt mm-hmm. program the usda makes it and they they put these adt tags specifically it, it is on dairy cows because they go from the dairy to an auction maybe to another auction and maybe to a slaughterhouse and they're shooting across states and if you have some kind of an outbreak of a zoonotic disease that people could get of which there's several which is a pandemic threat rights it's a huge public health Mm -hmm. risk you got to be able to track it so what they were doing here is buying up a certain percentage a certain amount of the cows out of the population they'd get the auction would buy it themselves then they would cut off the adt tags and slap on their own tags to make the cattle appear as though they were organic and sell them to california for triple the price so the video is online on seed undercover com. It's actually the best video. I had nothing to do with it. I, I filmed the UC footage, but as far as making the video, Pollution TV made it. And it's actually, it's it's a great video. It's, it's, it's not like most animal rights videos. There's some animation involved. Uh, Maya does a voiceover. Um, it's the kind mm-hmm. of thing you can show to the average person who doesn't want to see an animal cruelty video, and you'll learn a lot
1: i actually like really i'm on the website now and i see the little screenshot thing um but like i really really cannot speak highly enough about anything like that like you don't have to like it's a hard topic so it doesn't have to be fun right it doesn't have to be cute but like it, it you know it doesn't always work. It's not always effective to beat people over the head with just the sheer cruelty. Like right. th- sometimes that turns people, like people just turn it off and they'll just go, no. Um, and so things like this, I cannot speak highly enough about. I don't know. I feel like it reaches a different sect or like more people. So Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. So what, what C did with this was C did two things on this case that have really helped kind of, you know, kind of ch- help change me. Which which is which has been important. And one of the things was that um Kaylin Labarge, you know, she's really big on taking a focus, putting a focus away from uh trying to have prosecution on workers and put a focus mm-hmm. on the industry. And with, with me understanding what leads to predictable criminal activity, there's only so much I can say where I can blame the workers. Right? Right. And but there is this part of me, this this part of my brain is it's it's like I, every single animal that I see, they're a victim and I want their story told and it has to be told and damn it, you better listen to it. And whoever did this, they, they better, they better pay for it. And it really helped me step away from that. I had to really try and have some epistemic humility and say like, I don't, I don't, I need to learn more about this and everything that I believe about it is not necessarily what's going to help the animals. And so with this video, it was, it was saying, look, I'm sorry, we're not going to tell the story of every single victim we're going to, and we're not, we're not, it's not, you know, this isn't just, we're not just saying like demonize these workers. We're going to try and put something together that so people can understand who to blame and what they can do as individuals to, mm-hmm. to support this. And that, you know, I, I can't applaud Seed enough for that.
1: No, that's really awesome. Yeah. No. Nope.
2: Yeah. And, and so that, that, that's a case, you know, everyone could do something about just reduce dairy in your diet, um, of course uh if you uh the other there's I, i'm sorry i get excited talking about work but um the other the the other things you can do is if, if right now with the pandemic going on there is a uh, uh adoptions and fostering may be up but puppy mill sales are fucking skyrocketing right now and uh uh you can go to caps-web.org you can learn everything you need to know about puppy mills um my book rescue dogs is at barnes and noble um you can uh so you can you can you can get it at Barnes and Noble if you don't want to have to you know like kiss Jeff Bezos's ass and buy it on Amazon, but you could. Um, uh, but it is it's designed to be a book that you give to someone who's on the fence and is like, yeah, I know I should adopt, but I I know a good breeder and I know how to train dogs. This is the book to take them off the fence and put them on your side. And the final thing is that uh, we are on the verge in this country of ending greyhound racing, um, mm-hmm. and there is a federal bill called the Greyhound Protection Act and it just needs to pass it's just that this orange motherfucker in the white house keeps doing things that are so crazy that it's it's derailing legislation like this and it is mm-hmm. something that everybody can do to urge their representative to vote on it because if it goes through it it ends greyhound racing once and for all that's huge yeah yeah it's, it's they denied that live rabbits were being used in their training for for decades and then um when I got this footage, um, at first their response was, Oh, those are bad actors. And then I filmed yet another trainer doing it. And the response was, Yeah, fuck you, we don't care. We're gonna do whatever we want. And and of course. Yeah. And so it's we 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 need to pass this bill. It's the only way to stop it.
1: Good. All right. Yeah. So we have to contact your local representative. Is that the contact your local
2: to- representative? Yeah, you can go to Great 2 k USA and learn everything about it.
1: And that's what Kat was saying. Is that the one that was a charity pop partner?
0: Yeah, Danny and I both used to work for Lush and both Caps and the Greyhound one you mentioned were charity pop partners. Oh, nice. Lush, and so Very cool. Definitely familiar with both of them.
2: Y'all are awesome. That is cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, thank cool. you for letting me plug all of that and I hope y'all are staying sane uh, while we wait to see if, if, if riots are going to destroy our country from from uh, white, I mean, white naturalists you know
0: to, to sane i don't know
1: i would i'm saying um, adjacent
0: yeah i don't know that i'm i i'm experiencing it but i i see it in the distance <laughs> <laughs> and i'm hopeful to experience it again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i
1: uh i think it's important that every day we do our best to just like to get through the day you know i saw another we were talking about it in 2020 i saw another meme that was like if you get, you know, if you get up, yeah, you know, and you do your best, whatever that means. Maybe that means you make yourself coffee and you get your ass back in bed because that's what you need. Or maybe you go out and you're doing investigations. Or maybe you're just going to your everyday nine to five job. Or you're a cashier or you're whatever. Like yeah. whatever to take care of ourselves as individuals, so that you know, because you have to start with yourself. Yeah. To do the greater good for everyone else, 100%. and just you know take care of each other in order to do that you gotta take care of yourself yeah. so we're staying adjacent we're doing okay yeah
0: day by day hour by hour
2: no that's yeah. bullshit what you need to do is you need to watch all the animal cruelty videos <laughs> <laughs> you need to do nothing but think from the animal's point of view and then you need to chastise other people that don't do it
0: <laughs> you know yeah, like danny said we're doing this new thing where we're watching the worst movies imaginable so i think we're putting ourselves through enough pain <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs>
2: Well, let's, That's uh, well, enjoy. Yeah. Let me know what you think of John Wick. You should, you should take, if you're taking a break from bad movies, watch an awesome one. I don't know how many times Andy has seen it. I think I've seen it five or six times. I could easily watch it another five. So.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time uh, and, you know, getting a hold of us and, but yeah, thanks again. We, yeah, we indeed. appreciate it. Strange listener who may or may not be. Pete Paxton.
0: (laughs) I'll
2: never really tell. But but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I hope your listeners enjoy. Yeah,
0: Yeah, if they don't, nah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. You have an empty bean container, so I should be getting green beans next three months or so.
0: I was. I thought you were sassing me for not giving you beans, and I was like, I just gave you beans. No. I have to get new supplies. I'm all out of supplies. Although I know I have all these fucking mushrooms. So I'll definitely get some supplies and make you beans. Because what else am I going to do with all these mushrooms? That's true. Are we recording? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? You sound like cute about it. He's a bit I know now. He's in Norway. I, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to ruin this or anything, but we neglected to ask him our, our usual end of podcast question when he said he was gonna go and, and make dinner i thought to myself oh shit we didn't ask him what his favorite meal is well fuck mm. just scrap the whole thing yeah yeah oh, i would have well. yeah no. we tried oh well next time i suppose i guess we could ask in a follow-up and let our listener in wisconsin know <laughs> our listener in Wisconsin. I feel like I can't say that because I don't want Jason Bateman to sue me. <laughs> I mean, but what if you get a like uh, cease and
1: desist from Jason Bateman? That'd be pretty well, cool.
0: I, you know what? That would be great because then I could be like Jason Bateman. You were vegan for a little while. What happened? Why don't you come what on our happened? podcast and discuss it? Yeah, you know that's actually that's a good end. Yeah, it's a good end.
1: We also like. I feel like though we uh it's we know that you're in wyoming
0: yeah Kiki. yes the one the one okay so our listener in wyoming yeah yeah
1: can you imagine if she emailed and was like guys i don't live oh in yeah Wisconsin. and our
0: listener i don't know in massachusetts i don't know where kitten lives massachusetts rhode island i don't know because she, they post in various places yeah well so we've got two listeners one uh one over here and what over here? There you go. <laughs> yeah, and yeah.
1: if you listen too, and you're listening to this, and you're like me, me too. Well, then you should probably get a hold of us because we don't know who you are. Yeah, slide into our DMs.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that was fun, mm-hmm. and I very much enjoyed it, and I'm uh, excited to have gotten back to um, the veganish portion of this. Vegan ish podcast, yeah. Um, it felt it felt good, yeah. Great and, times, great oldies,
1: but also like still had some. I don't think there's gonna be any time soon that we're not going to have some political commentary oh, on there. I know uh, it. Like, sure, prove Hence me wrong. Ish. Maybe, maybe in five months, it'll just be everything will be roses. Who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. I knows, but <laughs> it's fine. Um. <laughs> You know, I'd love for that to be the case. But, you know, I think it's important to keep the, like mm-hmm. I said, the intersectionality of the things. Absolutely. They they go hand in hand. So, yeah. So we had the vegan. I still had our mm-hmm. little commentary.
0: It was uh-huh, great. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And uh, let's just reiterate to, although the deadline is January 31st. So before then, please go ahead and vote for us on VegNews.com.
1: Mm-hmm. You veggies. Get, uh, dot com slash veggie awards I think is what I it is I think you're right
0: yeah you can like find it in the menu too um but they you get like entered into win prizes and stuff so there's something in it for you as well mm-hmm. um and our forever gratitude is is in it for you so I mean and um you also should while you go on to do that vote for
1: your other favorite vegan things. Yeah. If you, ha- I do want to preface it with, if you have an opinion, I know that sounds horrible, yeah. but like, if you look at the food options or fast food options, you're like, I don't need any of these. Um, don't throw your vote in somewhere. Yeah, would because, agree. uh, your vote matters. Yeah, that's so, right.
0: That's right. So
1: don't, don't do something you don't know about, you know,
0: just, uh, skip it. Because you yeah. can skip, which I didn't realize. I didn't realize that either. Um... And I had, I had an opinion on almost everything, but I don't TikTok, and I don't, um, like, the social media stuff I was a little unsure of, but luckily there was at least one, one person in each category I recognized, yep. so. Yep.
1: Yeah, TikTok, um, Tabitha Brown. Yeah. I think it's who I voted for because yeah. Jesse sends me things. Yeah. Me. How
0: do we think that Kesha feels about TikTok? Because every time someone says TikTok, I hear TikTok on the clock. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. So like, did anyone talk to her before? I doubt it. And I feel like. Because it's even, it's spelled the same. So it's not like TikTok, mm-hmm. you're going to be late. It's it's Kesha TikTok. Yeah. Maybe the youths can tell me if there's like a, a link or. Yeah. Anyway, Anyways, yeah. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you would. Can you hear all of that in the recording? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't act like, you know what it is? It's you. Yeah,
0: no, he smells his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, he doesn't act like Are you like a this. crazy kitten? Uh, <gasps> apparently crazy
1: now. Kitten. So we're going to need to go because I need you to leave.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. So that he goes back to his Look normal Look at his little
1: blonde furs. Isn't he nice? hmm like, we talk to me. Okay, great. Um,
0: What else? vspot.fm for all our social medias. Send us some emails. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vspotpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And, guys, I swear to goddess, we are sending you mail. We the are. The people who sent us their addresses, you're getting some swag. I swear we're going to go handle it in a moment. Yeah. And we're going to pop it right in the mail, and it'll be there soon. Please don't please don't stop listening yeah please don't uh forget about uh us as a result it's coming i swear yes uh we'll go do that then yeah. probably right now yeah okay great yeah okay bye bye